Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. The plastics crisis has gotten lawmakers' attention in state capitals across the country. In fact, legislation to reduce plastic packaging waste is at a record high, with 20-odd measures introduced across the country, according to the Product Stewardship Institute. With these bills, though, there's a fundamental split in many states between groups arguing that industry needs to be at the table and those who don't trust it to govern itself. And one make-or-break battle is in California, where a ballot initiative to tax plastic, ban styrofoam, and set recycling targets has scared the industry enough to get them to negotiate a compromise bill. So today, we check in with Deborah Kahn about this high-profile California battle and what it means for plastics legislation across the country. It's Thursday, June 30th. So, Deborah, California state lawmakers and environmental justice groups are closing in on a deal that would avert an expected plastic reduction initiative that was slated to be included on the November ballot. So what's the deal that's emerging here? Yeah. So the deal has fluctuated a lot over the past months, but basically it's to have single use packaging and plastic foodware be made fully recyclable or compostable by 2032. And then also some money for environmental cleanup, $5 billion over 10 years. And this is a deal between lawmakers and environmental justice groups, but also very importantly, industry. Not all industry is on board, but it's a lot of different manufacturing and industry groups that are so far on board. That's the basic framework of the deal. And the other kind of important facet of it is that industry itself will form an organization to tax its own products and make sure it gets to the recycling targets. So that's called an extended producer responsibility organization, kind of similar to ones that have been approved in other states like Maine and Oregon and then Colorado earlier this month. Interesting. And you mentioned all these different groups and coalitions are on board, but what was the specific role of the Natural Resources Defense Council in these negotiations? Because it seems like their position to be open to supporting actual legislation is an important shift for them, right? Yes, NRDC played an important role in that one of the sponsors of the initiative, the ballot initiative, is an NRDC staffer. But I kind of see NRDC as like a secondary force here, kind of behind environmental justice groups, which had come out against a previous version of the bill first. I would say NRDC is to a large extent and other environmental groups, too, are kind of taking their cues from environmental justice on this. I don't know exactly where EJ is right now, but I know there have been a ton of conversations over the past three days to kind of get them to at least neutral. And some of the sticking points were things like whether polystyrene styrofoam would in fact be banned, like it would be in the ballot initiative, or if it would just face really high recycling targets that would amount to a de facto ban. And one of the other big things is whether quote unquote advanced recycling, which includes heating up plastics and kind of breaking them down into their basic components and reformulating them, whether that would be allowed, which is a big one for environmental justice groups because they're worried about the emissions from wherever those facilities would be located. So 
I would say NRDC is kind of a first mover, but kind of a secondary kind of taking their cues from other groups on this is how I would characterize them. Gotcha. And lawmakers in California have for years tried to pass a comprehensive bill to reduce the use of plastic packaging. So why is this happening this year? Why might there be success this year compared to the past? So yeah, California has considered kind of sweeping plastic packaging bills for three or four years now and haven't gone anywhere due to industry opposition. So the reason that's on the verge of happening this year, and it has to happen by Thursday, and I'll explain why, is because of this ballot initiative which acted as a stick to get industry to the table to get an actual deal. So the initiative qualified for the ballot relatively early in the process because it was originally supposed to be on the 2020 ballot. And so that is a bit stricter in that it would tax plastic products, ban styrofoam outright, and it would also give the state more the control. So the state would be in charge of reaching the recycling and product reformulation targets rather than industry. So industry really didn't like that. So they've been putting in money to fight the ballot initiative as kind of a signal, like if this bill doesn't pass, we will fight the ballot initiative and it'll be a really expensive fight. So it kind of looks like that was an effective strategy. I mean, we haven't seen a final deal yet. The bill is moving. It can't really be amended at this point. There'll probably be some cleanup legislation later in the year. And the ballot initiative backers haven't yet definitively said they'll take it off the November ballot. But Since the deadline is pretty much Thursday to take it off, we'll see what happens. I should say that not all industry opposes the ballot measure. Kind of interestingly, there's still kind of very much a difference of opinion on whether industry-run recycling and waste reduction is the way to go, but it is the middle ground consensus policy that people seem to be settling on. Interesting. And then looking beyond California a little bit, so the plastics crisis has gotten lawmakers' attention in state capitals across the country. So Would you say this California battle changes at all how other deals might look, how other states go about doing this? I would say it's a strong maybe because there are a bunch of EPR bills around the country. It's kind of a big banner year for those kind of packaging bills in particular. But it's tough to say whether California's bill could really influence the others that much in the specifics because EPR is not really a one size fits all policy. It kind of just lays over whatever other programs each state already has. Like in Colorado, where the governor signed a bill, I think, earlier in June, I don't think they had much in the way of existing programs, so it was more extensive, whereas here in California, they already have a bottle recycling program, so this one is a little more narrow. But I do think it will be a major endorsement of EPR over more state-run programs across the country if California endorses this approach. Also, on Wednesday, environmental groups sued the Biden administration, alleging that its first oil and gas lease sales happening this week violate the law. The lawsuit was filed in the U.S. District Court for the District of Columbia and takes aim at Interior's leasing of 44,000 acres of public lands across eight western states for oil and gas production. The lease sales, which started Wednesday and will conclude today, represent the Bureau of Land Management's first sales since the Biden administration took office and paused the auctions in order to review the decades-old laws surrounding the process. The environmental groups in the suit say the lease sales violate two laws by failing to consider how the combined contribution of oil and gas production on those lands would worsen climate change. For context, the lawsuit is the latest instance of the legal crossfire Biden's Interior Department has faced. 
Interior is trying to maneuver between lawsuits brought by oil companies and Republican states who are seeking to have more federal land leased for fossil fuel development and those brought by environmental groups trying to shut lease sales down. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our newsletter at politico.com slash morning energy. Some of the music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back tomorrow. Did you know that Chevron is exploring ways to expand their hydrogen fuel production to help make heavy-duty transport lower carbon? Find out more at chevron.co slash hydrogen fuel.